comes once a year. Yeah, so it was actually a really special episode. We hope you all liked it. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome to Be Positive, a positive B-movie podcast. My name is Louis. My name is Fraser, and welcome to the Christmas special. Yeah, it's a really, it, it really is the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, yeah. The birds are chirping. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and to celebrate, we're dipping real deep into the Brit horror canon. And we've got a, uh, a very special film. I'll, I'll, I'll put it like that. So I have the title as British Michael Myers. Oh, that's weird because I had the title as Pound Store Giallo Movie. Oh my god, the Giallo elements were so weird. So oddly done. Yeah. Yeah. So very, um, very British. Of course, this this film is also known by its true name, Don't Open to, Till Christmas. Don't? <laughs> they they left out the, the apostrophe on the title screen in the movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. That is very Christmassy. Dipping too deep in the old eggnog. Yeah, definitely. Some seriously underpaid people probably working on this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. This movie had a very high kill count. And incredibly, I think 14 in the end? Yeah, I I lost track. I've got them all written down here, though. But I cannot remember the exact number. Yeah, and, and, and we're podcasters, not mathematicians, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I always say, I'm a English teacher, not a math teacher. Can't expect me to know numbers. I also say that, but then sometimes I also teach maths. Well, you see, there you caught yourself. I played myself. That's what happened. Sticking to alternate titles, I also had it as The Omen of Capitalism. <laughs> it's very The Omen. That's a pretty good one. Folks, you're probably watering at the mouths to hear what this film is all about. So let's uh, let's jump into a quick little synopsis. <coughs> oh, am I doing... You're doing it? I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel a little loosey-goosey today. I think it's the, the holiday atmosphere. Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking... Maybe this should be like a mini episode. Yeah. Don't Open Till Christmas is a, a 1984 British horror movie. And somewhat surprisingly for a Christmas themed horror, the killer here is not someone dressing as Santa, but rather someone who preys on and murders other people dressed like Santa. Yeah. And uh, surprisingly also slightly pornographic at times. Yeah. It. It has a lot of kind of soft y elements to it. Yeah. Because I know the, uh, I'm not sure, the, the writer of the film, who also then eventually stepped in as, as the director, had a history in making, like, sexploitation movies. Oh, really? Yeah. So that weird kind of tonal dissonance makes a sort of sense. Anyway, so for the most part, we're following... Cliff and his girlfriend Kate and they get caught up in in these murders when Kate's father who's dressed as Santa for a Christmas party gets murdered with a spear through the back of his head quite shocking death yeah it, the deaths are pretty brutal 
but we'll we'll talk about that i think in great great depth yeah so inspector harris and sergeant powell are put on the case and they're trying to figure out whether or not this person who's murdered like four santa clauses uh, might be a psychopath is there some kind of pattern to these killings they're still kind of early days trying to figure out what exactly is happening here um and one of their first suspects of course is cliff himself because he's been present at two of these murders the first one of course with kate's father the second one when he just like cheats on kate like yeah his personality does a 360 oh not a 360 a 180 see i'm not a math guy (laughs) (laughs) a 240 720 no scope i don't even know what that means (laughs) yeah but his personality changes he becomes this he's a pretty scumbaggy trash baggy kind of boyfriend before but then he starts doing awful things to someone who just now lost their father like a day ago yeah he's a terrible person uh, I <laughs> yes. think there's no there's no way around that. Um, I feel like Cliff is probably the best name they could have given him to express yeah. perfectly what kind of guy he is. Yes, yes. And I'd like uh, to remind the listeners, everyone, please do not be a Cliff this holiday season. Let's make Christmas a Cliff-free zone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The murders continue and the investigation continues and... Cliff and Kate's lives continue, I guess. Things are very tenuously related in this film. And yeah. uh, another character begins appearing called Giles, who claims to be a reporter. And he starts giving the police hints, which I don't think is a reporter's job. No, not even a bit. And so people are starting to get panicked about the Santa murders. He kills a guy in a peep show. And the sex worker behind the glass sees his face briefly and he decides he has to kidnap her to to keep his identity safe and he keeps her in his his basement for some reason which we then later on realizes because he's planning on doing a ritual sacrifice of her on christmas day harris kind of bungles the case and he's suspended and then my god what what happens that yeah so harris gets suspended and the daughter of one of the earlier murdered murders she goes on to mm-hmm. investigate the killer herself oh uh, this is kate this is kate she goes to to the uh mental institute yeah yeah yeah. she dies she gets stabbed um and it's so funny when people get stabbed in this movie they sort of just get booped with the knife and then it's like an off switch they just like collapse they faint yeah they're just instantly dead yeah it's very whimsical i guess in a Christmassy sort of way <laughs> I'm trying to be Christmas spirit positive. That might be why the blood was such a, you know, like bright, unrealistic red, you know, just to add that sense of holly jolly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to remind you that this is, above all, a Christmas movie and it's about good, Santa. Good family fun. Getting murdered. <laughs> <laughs> so then at the very end, the, the woman who works in the peep show, Sharon Cheryl. So here's how I watched this movie uh, because I could not find any place to download it from. Legally, of course. Very legally. Extremely legally. Yeah, so I streamed it from a site and because I had to stream it through a VPN, I only could watch it in three minute 
like shots at a time. So <laughs> I have a very disjointed uh, image of this movie. I also managed to watch two other Christmas horror movies today. Okay, so you might be a little... You know what? Throw in some of the other Christmas horror movies too. It might make this one better. Yeah, all right. Right, yeah. So at the very end, Cheryl escapes from the killer's dungeon and she's running away and it's all very suspenseful and she manages to chuck the killer who has been revealed to be Giles though that wasn't much of a surprise yeah uh, she chucks him down a, a, a giant spiral staircase and he looks dead he looks pretty he dead he falls you know several stories uh but then he jumps up strangles her and we get a flashback scene of Giles walking into <laughs> walking in on his father in a Santa suit having an affair with a woman who is not his mother in their house yeah at christmas that's an awful christmas sin that's a cliff move <laughs> that's a total cliff move the father of course is very upset about this and he throws his wife down the stairs and she dies and that's why giles has such a an unending fiery hatred of santas which is strange. It's a bit of an overreaction, if you ask me. It really is. If if anything, he should be going out there and killing dads. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a, a closer uh, attachment. <laughs> but that's where he becomes the British Michael Myers, is getting thro- chucked down the stairs. He lands, he's like crippled for life, for sure. And then he gets up and he strangles her. That's just so intense. That's like, he cannot die. Something that was pretty interesting or thought was interesting until the end was that you know in the beginning we're mostly following cliff and kate with kind of the detectives as side characters but somewhere in the middle of the film the focus shifts so that at one point the detectives become the main characters and then cheryl becomes the main character she becomes the the final girl so to speak but then of course she she also gets killed yeah. So literally everyone in this film dies. Yeah, except for Giles, the killer. What's his name? Harris, the detective. He dies right at the end where he opens the box that he received, the Christmas present that he received that read Don't Open Till Christmas, which of course is the title of the film, and I fucking mm-hmm. despise a name drop. <laughs> <laughs> No more heinous crime. Yeah, they they did it pretty hard as well. Uh, yeah, when the lady delivered the package. It's one of those those things that you I love to hate. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, but this package then, of course, contains a yeah Santa themed music box. And of course, it's a bomb from Giles. Obviously, well, probably. Now, Harris knows his brother is the killer at this point, right? He can't not know. Is Giles his brother? Yes. Holy shit. I know. It's ridiculous. Because he Giles introduces himself as Giles Harrison, right? And the detective is Harris. And then at some point they explain uh, that after Giles was sent to the mental institution, Ian changed his surname from Harrison to Harris to, you know, avoid shame or whatever. Oh, yeah. You see, I missed that. By watching it in like little bursts. It's really not very clear at all. That's all right. one thing I can definitely say is I don't think you have to be worried 
about having seen it in intermittent bursts because the film already is just such an incoherent mess mostly because of i think it's it's troubled production process and i mean this film took two years to make and this is definitely not a movie that should be taking two years it took two years yeah yeah and originally it was directed by the actor who plays ian harris whoa but he quit in the middle of of the film what so they went through like three other directors he quit as the director but he was clearly but still in the movie. That's so weird. Maybe they he had already shot all of his parts. Yeah, and he was just like, oh, whatever. I don't want to do the rest of this shit. <laughs> yeah, this movie has officially turned to trash. Let's uh... <laughs> abort. Yeah, so this it went through a bunch of directors, a bunch of rewrites and reshoots. And it just really has the feeling of things not entirely cohering of a film that was like, recut so many times that the plot is it's almost avant-garde in the way that the narrative is is so paper thin uh, strangely it was very tough to figure out who exactly was the actual protagonist who were we actually following in this film yeah. because according to wikipedia detective harris he is the protagonist we're actually following him and the investigation that whole thing with kate is just sort of a distraction. Yeah, but that's that's insane, though, because we spend so much of the movie with them and not with Harris. Yeah, and it begins with Harris receiving a present after a murder, and it ends with Harris dying from that present. And he got the don't open till Christmas present, so he was obviously the target. So he must be the protagonist, but we, we don't learn much about his character. Yeah, we don't see much about him. We see more about his deputy, actually. Yeah. The one do, trying, weirdly. gunning for his job. What a movie. And also, on the other, where, where it's really difficult to realize who the protagonist is, it was super easy to recognize the killer. Yeah, well, I was torn between uh, the Cliff and Giles myself because I was so convinced that uh, Cliff could be the killer and i wanted cliff to be murdered by the killer because when i once i realized that it was giles i was like well now he has to kill cliff because you know fuck cliff yeah seriously but if Whoa, you, fuck if cliff. you're a cliff out there this is not directed at you but also maybe take a little look in the mirror you know maybe it is all cliffs are not created equal is what i'm saying this is the uh, bad bad batch yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I thought at first that they were showing Giles as the killer, you know, so that it isn't a who done it or anything, that it's almost like Silence of the Lambs, where you kind of follow both the killer and the detectives and kind of wait for their paths to cross. But I realized at the very end that it's supposed to be a surprise that Giles is the killer, but he's such a weird character like from the moment he opens his mouth it was clear that oh this guy is the killer he gets on screen and he's like hello i'm giles harris i'm a reputable journalist this episode brought to you by casual alcoholism remember if you're enjoying it it can't be a problem It's interesting to me how Giles loses his mask halfway through the film. Why did that happen? I don't know. There's no no real explanation. And at one point I thought maybe 
both Giles and Cliff were the killer. You know, it was sort of a team up. Oh, uh, like Scream. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the big twist ending. Man, okay. I, let's just let's just get into some of the the details here and uh, see if we can figure out what the fuck this movie is supposed to be. <laughs> let's talk about his victims, I think. The Santas. The, the poor, nameless Santas. Only one of them was a mall Santa. I'm actually quite surprised. Yeah, most of them were street Santas. And as we know from, you know, statistical research, street Santas are much more vulnerable than mall Santas. Yeah, I mean, they're out there... They're soliciting follow yeah. to followers. Roasting chestnuts. It's very intense. Yeah. The first Santa that dies is sort of like a... He's just hooking up with his what I'm assuming is his sweetheart in the back of his car on Christmas time. They get murdered. Yeah. That one was pretty tame. Like the first... The very first murder was very tame to me. And then we get like the head being speared and the chestnut roaster being burnt on his own grill. Some of these deaths are quite intense. Yeah, it seems like they wanted to to push the variety of the murders to the extent that the killer has no real M.O. or like signature murder style. What weapons does he use? He uses... Okay, so he... Uses a knife, a spear, a shoe knife, a glove made of spikes, a broken bottle. He electrocutes someone with a car battery. What else is there? Some more knife stuff. I guess knife is the closest. He's also got that spinning wheel thing with like... Oh yeah, like the m- kind of knives. medieval weapon. And a machete and a, and a garret. There's also a sequence where they go into the London dungeon. Oh, that scene. It suddenly becomes very giallo, very gothic and intense. Yeah, it's so weird because it's clear that they're attempting some kind of giallo thing here, but it's almost as if their Britishness won't allow them to to have that special European flair. Yeah, it is very stiff. Um, also, the London Dungeon Santa, he's like an animal. He's like a scared beef animal. He's just kind of... He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, it's he just a wild Santa. run. He never runs. He just kind of walks around and is just very scared and bumps into <laughs> things. He was He was startled by a predator. But all the Santas are kind of represented in that way they're all these either drunk or drunk or dumb yeah or or like perverts i don't know if it's the morality of giles or the film's morality but yeah all the santas who get killed are, are kind of engaged in some kind of vice i mean it just goes to show you that santa is it's the thing that modern uh western cultures portray where the tradition is that like males dress up as this fat bearded man <laughs> and talk about gifts with children. It's a very strange cultural phenomenon. Uh, it's very, very much reminiscent of old pagan traditions where people dress up uh, to ward off ghosts and bad spirits or things yeah, like that. And, and it's interesting how that tradition has kind of been transformed where where these santas are living very seedy lives 
you know, these suits are obviously mass produced and there's just like, I don't know, hundreds, maybe thousands of Santas in London, apparently. Too many. And especially after the cops decide to set a bunch of decoys up, <laughs> like decoy Santas who happen to who be Who also cops. get killed. <laughs> yeah, two of the cops get taken down, two of the Santa uh... cops. Yeah, I wrote here um, because the one Santa gets his genitals sliced off with a straight razor i wrote down straight razor to the johnson <laughs> it sounds like something a wrestling announcer would say yeah yeah like yeah, backyard uh, wrestling uh just before they speaking call the ambulance. of um that awful scene there's there's a lot of phallic imagery in this film there's uh yeah. there's the knife of course the the ultimate horror phallic symbol and cliff Believe it or not, plays the flute. We forgot to mention yeah. that. He's a, he, yeah, he does. They, that's their main income. Yeah, they pay their rent with flute busking. He's yeah. quite the flautist. And then Cliff's very, very good friend, the photographer, his his camera has this phallic quality to it when he's talking about taking risque pictures. Yeah. Um, I really wish that he'd stayed in the film longer. He's kind of like... The nudge, nudge, wink, wink guy from the Monty Python sketch. Oh, know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean. Know what I mean. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Does she go? Um, does she, your wife, uh, does she go? That's so great. And <laughs> yeah, that is precisely what that character is. He does try and convince Kate to... I'm, I'm not sure, to have a threesome with Cliff and the other model? No, no, just to pose uh, nude with them. Okay. I thought it was going to go further than that. Probably do like a softcore shoot. But it's interesting, this phallic, phallic connection that you're making, because in the flashback where Giles's dad is having the affair and he sees it, he gets a knife, mm. like a little pocket knife. And then that's the first time he flicks the blade. That could be a metaphor for him becoming sexually aroused by witnessing his father's yeah. infidelity and this disturbing him. And in his young mind, he turns I to think, murder. And I think, you know, with the little pocket knife, he, he also learns there that his, his tiny little penis isn't strong enough to defeat his father. Yeah. You know. His metaphorical penis. He is for the first time in his life, and fundamentally, he is emasculated. I wonder if that's... Although, no, he does kill women, but he kills far fewer women. But when he corners the model yeah. in the Santa suit, uh, this is the model that Cliff was, was trying to cheat with. They get interrupted by the police, and they start running because, to quote Cliff, he says... Leg it, they're gonna think we're a couple of gays. So they run away and split up. <laughs> and wow. the model is attacked by the killer and he, you know, he sees the Santa outfit and he, you know, gets his knife hard and he t turns her around and, and realizes <laughs> that she's a woman and then kind of runs his blade up and down her in a very male gazy way and then leaves without killing her. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Maybe he realizes that the woman his father cheated with, maybe she wasn't mm -hmm. at fault. You know, maybe it's a Christmas party and they didn't know each other. But he blames his father, so he blames Santa Claus and everything he represents. Because Santa has become sort of this avatar of 
you know, one of the main pantheon of actual mm. American gods. Yeah, absolutely. The Tooth Fairy, Santa, Easter Bunny, Sasquatch. <laughs> and in this film, Santa has like an, an omnipresence. Yeah, there are Santas everywhere. That's where for me, I think the most interesting point of the film arises is in his motivation, right? So he's exacting revenge and he hates Christmas. And yet, in the end, yes. he says to uh, Sherry that he, she's going to be his uh, ritual sacrifice to all the evil that is Christmas. And maybe he's associated his emasculation with Christmas, and then Christmas is the only time that he can feel justified in his masculinity. So he does love Christmas. He worships Christmas I in think a it's way. interesting. It's, it's a good illustration of me... T- of our of our postmodern condition you know of cognitive dissonance where we you know we are we hate something and we we want to destroy it and yet you know we are we are compelled to sacrifice each other in in the name of this thing that we hate like going to a christmas family dinner yeah or going to like a large free for all christmas party yeah i guess there's also that element of the of the carnivalesque of the the usual rules of the world being turned topsy-turvy. Yeah, because, I mean, at Christmas time, everything does usually slow down. Mm. You know, people's lives, in the West at least, it, it slows down. Like, no one's working super hard. Everyone's in re- festive mode. But this is, of course, Giles' is, uh, this is his busy time. So he's like a, a retail worker, in a sense. Yeah, he's definitely part of the Christmas industry at large. <laughs> Um, here's my question. Yes. So after the fourth Santa gets murdered and it's front page news. Yeah. Why do the Santas insist on keeping their suits on after work in the streets? No less. All of them are drunk and they're all stumbling <laughs> out of somewhere except for one Santa who, whom I dub party Santa. He stumbles into a place, gets kicked out. And then um, he's the one that stumbles into the London dungeon, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. He... And then he turns into suddenly sober Santa. But I just feel like, take off the hat and the beard and the jack at least. Especially the Man, jacket. I feel like especially the beard. If you're gonna get killed in a Santa costume, you know, you don't want a crappy cotton ball beard. Yeah, that's true. You're right. The jacket does attract the most attention. Well, that's pretty much all I had to say about don't open till christmas most of my notes are are just like basically questions here's a question what the fuck does santa have to do with that why are these people still wearing the suit (laughs) that's the motive they're showing their devotion to santa (sighs) you could even see santa as a cthulhu figure and Giles as a hero, valiantly slaying the, co- mm. the cultists, trying to summon Santa into what this I world. What I thought it was going to be in the beginning, and this is kind of the movie that I wish it was, is that this guy is killing people in Santa costumes because he believes he's the real Santa, and they're all trying to take his place. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I would watch that in a heartbeat. Uh- <laughs> Because I think Giles has the perfect look to to be the kind of person who believes he's actually Santa. Either Santa or Buffalo Bill. Yeah, he he does have a very Buffalo Billy aura about, about him. Sadly, the actor who played Giles, uh, Alan Lay, killed himself shortly before the film came out. 
Oh, this wow. This was his last movie. That makes the film a little bit sad. It does. It does give it a, like a, a tinge of, of melancholy. But he didn't kill himself because of the film. If he did, then it really didn't take much to push him over the edge. I don't know, man. I don't know if I could have been in that film. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could have been in that film. But then I could, I could, pretty sure I could phone a performance in. Yeah, like Michael Madsen in Piranaconda. Uh, yeah, phoning in from New York. <laughs> Boston, <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh, Boston. But, okay, so I guess that was Don't Open Till Christmas. So if you had to rate this movie out of uh, one to three jingle bells, how many bells <laughs> would you jingle at this point? I would, I would give one half-hearted jingle. So more, more of a tinkle. Yes, more a tinkle than a jingle. I would, I would give it two solid jingles. Like a good ch- for spirit. That's very generous of you. I mean, that's really showing the Christmas spirit on on your part. Clearly, I'm I'm the cynical. Uh, you're the Grinchy character that stole Christmas. <laughs> I don't really have a, a like a strong feelings about Christmas either way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, you're super into Christmas, right? Yeah, dude. I love all the old pagan holidays. I'm a big fan of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Of course. Probably one of my favorites. Like Halloween and Christmas are that's pretty much all that's important to me in terms of holidays, but yeah, they're the two most important ones. And they are much better in the winter. Oh. I'm just now finding out. Yeah, you're experiencing that. It's way more Christmassy. I wish it would snow. Is there a chance that it would snow? In- no, 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 no. No chance. So, Fraser, could you recommend a good Christmas horror movie for our listeners? I could recommend to you a pro-life Christmas horror movie that I watched today. It's called Red Christmas. It's about a family. Opening sequence, very shocking. I'm not spoiling it, no. Uh, Yeah, it's very good. Go check it out. Red Christmas. Go in open-minded. You might want to fast-forward through the, the beginning. It's a little bit preachy, but it's quite an intense little slasher uh, monster creature feature type film uh, but yeah check it out very unexpected so that's it from us here at be positive hq we'd like to thank you all so much for listening to us talk about these movies we've had a lot of fun we hope you have had at least some fun and and we really appreciate your listening be sure to check us out on facebook We've been having a little bit more interaction with some of the listeners, which is great. We got our Twitter up and running. We're Be Positive on Twitter, Be Positive the Podcast. I think it's at Stay Scary. I don't know how Twitter works. I will find out. Yeah, so that was our year in podcasting. We're all really looking forward to 2018. We've got some big things coming up. We're trying to get bigger, get better. We'll be having more hosts on and hopefully the show will continue to improve. So stay tuned for that. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. You can check us out on any of your podcasting apps. If you can't find us on a podcasting app or you know someone that can't, please let us know and we'll get ourselves on on there. But yeah, Merry Christmas. You stay scary. Uh, spooky bells. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have a catchphrase this week.